الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون صدق الله العظيم Most respected students of deen Mothers and sisters in Islam This ayat of the Quran Sharif Is well known to many We hear this ayat being decided And We perhaps are familiar with the meaning of it But one is to know the Translation of something To know the Meaning in terms of what the literal meaning is and it is something totally different and something totally apart from that to know its reality to know its depth so as far as the external meaning is concerned the translation is concerned then alhamdulillah that is very simple Allah Ta'ala says, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرُكُمْ That you remember me, I will remember you. And وَشْكُرُولِي وَلَا تَكْفُرُونَ Be grateful to me, do not be ungrateful. So this is something which is quite clear, quite straightforward. There is no difficulty in trying to understand that in the clear meaning of it in terms of the translation. But there is a very great depth in every ayat of the Quran Sharif. And no matter how deep the Mufassireen have gone into the ayat of the Quran Sharif, they too say that we have not managed to scratch the surface. That this is a never-ending ocean and who can ever do any justice to this. So we need to try and delve a little bit into this, that what is Allah Ta'ala saying to us, what is the meaning of this, that فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرُكُمْ وَشْكُرُولِي وَلَا تَكْفُرُونَ Now there are many many details that are in the books of Hadith, in the books of Tafsir, the books of Hadith Sharif as well, that's where the tafsir is extracted from. So we are not going to go into those details. We are not going to go into the technical discussion of this verse. Rather what the message is, what we need to apply in our day-to-day life, that is what we are going to be discussing. So Allah Ta'ala is saying to us, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرُكُمْ you remember me, I will remember you. How are we expected to remember Allah Ta'ala? We are expected to remember Allah Ta'ala by His obedience. For example, a person is driving. He's driving and he stopped at a stop street. There's a stop street. It's a very very quiet road there is no other car 
in any direction. There's a stop street, so he came and he stopped, and then he continued. Now what will it be said? It will be said that he remembered the law. That is why he stopped. Had he forgotten the law, then he would have done what he, something else, he would have just carried on driving past. So the reality of remembering is acting upon it. If somebody remembered the law, he knows that to stop at a stop street is compulsory. It is breaking the law to just drive through a stop street without stopping a stop sign with a stop sign to just drive past without stopping. He says, I, well, I knew it, but I didn't want to stop. I just carried on because now I saw that there are no cars around. So there's no need for me to stop, so I carried on. So now if he is then seen by a police officer, will his excuse be accepted that I knew the law, but just that I decided to do something different because I felt that there was no need for me to stop? Will that excuse of his be acceptable? Will he be pardoned because of that? No, he will be fined. And whatever other penalties they are that will be imposed upon him. Why? Because even if he remembered the law, but he broke the law, he didn't act according to the law. So that was as good as forgetting it. So the real remembrance of the law is acting upon the law. Likewise, this is just as an example, just for us to understand. The lesson in there is that the real remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. If a person knows the law of Allah Ta'ala but chooses to act contrary to it, then in reality he hasn't remembered. He's forgotten. And when he forgets Allah Ta'ala, then Allah Ta'ala says that you forget me, I will forget you. Become like the people who forgot me then they forgot Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala forgot them. Allah Ta'ala forgot them. What is the meaning of this, that Allah Ta'ala forgot them? Allah Ta'ala forgets them in the sense that Allah Ta'ala then does not shower His favors upon them. Allah Ta'ala is fully aware of every atom in the universe and there is nothing that can escape the knowledge of Allah Ta'ala for a fraction of a fraction of a second so Allah Ta'ala forgetting is just a form of expression to mean that Allah Ta'ala will then not shower His favors, Allah Ta'ala will not shower His forgiveness. So we remembering Allah Ta'ala means that we be obedient to Him. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, if you remember me, I will remember you. So how will Allah Ta'ala remember us? Allah Ta'ala will remember us by showering down His favors. So our obedience will bring down the favors of Allah Ta'ala. And the favors of Allah Ta'ala can come in any form. It can come in the more insignificant form, comparatively. All is a favor, but it can come in the smaller form, in the lesser form, or it can come in a greater form. The lesser form, for example, we sometimes, we uh, 
would be hoping that we are given some kind of material comforts, some luxuries, wealth, whatever material things they are. So we sometimes desire those things. And we might get it also. We might get some of it. So that too is a favor of Allah Ta'ala. But that is the smaller favor. What is the bigger favor? The bigger favor is, what is the very objective of being on earth? What is our purpose of existence? To recognize Allah Ta'ala. To serve Him. To serve His deen. To attain the closeness of Allah Ta'ala. Attain His love. Attain His pleasure. And then, as a result of this pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, to then gain the proximity of Allah Ta'ala in Akhirat, to gain the high stages of Jannat, to gain the companionship of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Now, that is the very, very, very big favor. It is like somebody, one person has been given one cent, and another person has been given one billion rands. Now, is there any comparison? Now, this person who has been given one cent, he is very thrilled that I have got a very great thing. So the person who's got one billion rands, what is he going to say about this? That you are thrilled about this one cent, you don't know what I have. Just that in dunya we won't know. The thing is that this one billion rands in dunya sounds a very big amount to us, but in the akhirat this one billion rand also is worth nothing. Favors and bounties of Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala gives somebody his closeness, blesses somebody with his muhabbat, with his love, with his pleasure. Allah Ta'ala opens the way of deen for someone. Allah Ta'ala makes it very easy for the person now to fulfill the commands of Allah Ta'ala. Person gets enthusiastic about his salah, for example. We know how things go when the time of salah comes. And how many people are very eager to perform their salah quickly, meaning quickly in the sense that without delaying, not quickly in the sense of hurriedly, that they don't want to waste any time in going straight to perform their salah. Now how many really do that? Whereas, unfortunately, for salah time we are very, very slow, very, very sluggish, and when it comes to worldly things, if it comes to some kind of entertainment, some kind of amusement, then we are very quick at that. We are very, very fast at that. So we would take our own time to go and perform our salah. That too, if some muallima, somebody is not overseeing us, Allah forbid some of us would even just maybe not even perform that salah or not perform it properly or cut short. Or then we will say, but the sunnah is not compulsory. I'll just perform my farz. So then we should also say that I'll just eat dal and roti every day, or I'll just even have dry bread every day, because that will help me survive. That is for us to just keep yourself alive. So as long as something that's dry is just the same thing every day, maybe the same menu also, and no extras, nothing, so it doesn't matter, what does it matter? Because I just got to survive, so that is sufficient to survive. So when it comes to eating the favors of Allah Ta'ala, eating His bounties and na'mads, then we want all the favors from Allah Ta'ala. We want the extras also. We want all the 
best of food and best of drink and we want all the things in the fancy manner. But when it comes to the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala, let alone the nafil salah, even the sunnah salah also becomes a very difficult thing for us. That too becomes a very, very, like an onerous task. Indeed, we should think within ourselves, we should look deep down in our hearts, and we should cry tears of regret and remorse. That on the one hand, to eat Allah Ta'ala's favors, we want everything. And to give back to Allah Ta'ala, we can't even perform our sunnah salah let alone nafil, which we should be trying to do as well, which we should try to make some effort to perform some nafil salah in the day as well. So forget the nafil salah, we are not even ready to fulfill our sunnah salah and take it for granted. Then if that's the approach and attitude that we want to have in terms of our salah, it must also just suffice on just dry food, the same menu daily, don't have any spending for anything because we don't need it and we don't even have to have any filling inside that sandwich, just that dry bread will be fine. Because that's how we want to give to Allah Ta'ala. And that too, that dry bread too, is purely Allah Ta'ala's favor. There are places in the world where you give somebody that dry bread and he will think you gave him the world. Because he probably didn't eat for days. So, we eat Allah Ta'ala's favors all the time. But to give back, give back what? Just a token of our gratitude this is. Just an outer expression of our gratitude. That we bow down in front of Allah Ta'ala. We perform our salah. We perform it properly. We perform our sunnah salah well. We perform that wudu before the salah correctly and properly. Because now this is the key to salah. The wudu is the key to salah. And the salah is the key to jannat. So now we are just so lax and so casual about that salah. So if we turn to Allah Ta'ala in sincerity, we remember Allah Ta'ala, then Allah Ta'ala's favors, due to our remembering Him, Allah Ta'ala's favors will open out in this manner. That that laziness for salah, that sluggishness in terms of deen, that feeling of burden feeling that a person feels when it comes to doing amal, that will all disappear. And a person will find a himmat, a courage. Whether a person gets any kind of enjoyment or not, that is not the issue. Enjoyment comes, mashallah, very good. person gets no enjoyment, that's not a deficiency in any way. Because ibadat is not for the purpose of enjoyment. Ibadat is for the purpose of gaining the nearness of Allah Ta'ala, gaining His pleasure. So, but the person will get a himmat, a courage, that come what may, I have to do what I have to do. And he will wake up, he will be first, he will do what he has to do. And he will know that all this is not in vain, it's not a waste of time. All this is taking him closer to Allah Ta'ala. <coughs> and he understands the value of that. So this is فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرُكُمْ That you remember me, I will remember you. So that Allah Ta'ala is remembering us sometimes will happen with these favors. And this is the real favor. This is like the person having a billion rands. And that billion rands is just for example purposes. That billion rands cannot compare in any way to the favors of deen. <coughs> so this is what we have to focus on. Now, this remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, as we said, is the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. But together with this, this verbal dhikr, 
Zikr of Allah Ta'ala verbally is an extremely important thing. And if this is done diligently, this is done regularly, this is done without fail, this is done with importance, not as something to just get done with, not as something that is a routine, I have to just get over with it. If it is done very well, then we will find that that will open the doorway to all these other good coming in our life. The zikr, verbal zikr, if it's done correctly and it's done daily, punctually, then over time we will see what benefit this brings. There are many mashayikh that they made people's Islam and tarbiyat by the person was far away and to tell the person many things, it would be that he would just run away, he would do nothing. So they got him, got him to start making zikr punctually. And when he started punctually making the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, he suddenly started wanting to now perform his salah also. He suddenly wanted to start making tilawat of the Quran Sharif as well. He wanted to now start keeping his gaze low. Because now he's remembering Allah Ta'ala, and that remembrance of Allah Ta'ala brings a noor in the heart. And to the extent that that noor comes in the heart, the darkness of the heart disappears. So now the heart becomes very, very easy to move in the right direction, in the direction of light, in the direction of noor, in the direction of righteousness. And if there's darkness in that heart, that whole heart is engulfed in darknesses, then that heart will also be inclined only to dark deeds. So now the zikr brings that light in that heart. So unfortunately, we take the zikr for granted. We just make it a by-the-way thing. We did it, we did it, we didn't do it, we didn't do it. What's the problem? What has changed? Whereas the zikr is an extremely important thing. And we find that in every situation, we have been taught zikr, zikr, zikr. person is going through the marketplace, so he's been given a virtue for zikr. person recites, La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la, lahul mulk wa lahul hamd. Yuhyi wa yumeet wa huwa hayyun la yamut biyadihi al-khayr wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. Now, to recite this one time, how long it took, how difficult is it? Nothing. It didn't take any time. It's not difficult. Most of us, or maybe all of us know it very well. But what is the virtue of it? That a person decides it in the marketplace, one million rewards. And one million minus sins forgiven. Now, just the recitation of this, what is actually being told to us? What is actually, what is the issue? The issue is that the marketplace is a place of ghaflat. It's a place of heedlessness. It's a place where Allah Ta'ala is forgotten. And this person remembered Allah Ta'ala in an environment where others forget Allah Ta'ala. Now this is an environment which is an environment of forgetfulness. But he didn't pass through here in a state of forgetfulness. He passed through here in a state of remembrance. So now on the one hand, that is the aspect involved here. But the other is that by this virtue being given to us, we now will have some enthusiasm to practice upon this. But what will be the end result of that? That a person now that's walking through the marketplace with the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Now can it make sense, does it make sense that the person is going to be making zikr also? 
and he's going to be swearing also. Can't happen. If his tongue is engaged in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, he's going to hold it back from evil talk, from lying, from swearing. Then inshallah with the barakat of that zikr, he'll walk through that whole marketplace, he won't cast one wrong glance also. And when he will walk through that marketplace, he will not forget Allah Ta'ala and become attached to dunya. That now he's seeing so many things of dunya here in this place, this fancy car, and that fancy building, and that fancy clothes, and this and that and the other. And his heart becomes caught up and entangled in all this dunya in such a way that he forgets the akhirat. That dunya becomes like the be-all and end-all. But now the person walking past is reciting the tasbih of Allah Ta'ala. He is making the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Then he will see it. If there is something he needs, he will buy it too. But his heart will be attached to akhirat. And he will not regard these things as things to give your heart to. It's fine that if you need it, you buy it and use it, provided it's within the limits of shariat. But it's not something to attach your heart to at all. That fancy clothing, that fancy items, whatever it might be, whatever is necessary, you'll use it. But beyond that, there is some natural attachment to the possessions of a person, that if he owns something, he naturally has some attachment to it. But something that is not in his possession, he doesn't own it, it's somewhere there in some window, it's somewhere on the road, somebody else's car, it's somebody else's house, it's some, now he looks at everything and he starts, his heart now is just stuck in all these things that I must also have this and I must also have this, that person is driving that so I must have that as well, that person is wearing that so I must have that as well, that person has got these items so I must also have those items, this is all due to the heart being the, the zikr of Allah Ta'ala being neglected and the heart not now being involved in this zikr of Allah Ta'ala, the nur of the heart has now lessened, so all these material attachments have now filled the heart. So the zikr is an extremely important thing which we should make a part of our daily routine, not for the sake of madrasa, not for the sake of just filling in some form, not for the sake of answering some question that, did you complete your zikr? Yes, I completed. How many you completed? I did so many. Then, while for that recitation that we did, inshallah, that too will bring some benefit. But we have to make this a part of our life. This is our need. And it is our key to getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. This will open up the doors. It will open up the doors of ibadat. It will open up the doors of the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. It will open up the doors of the sifat and the qualities of iman. Zikr has an extremely powerful effect. If a person, obviously we are not of that capacity and that capability to make zikr like the people of the past. And past we are talking about not very, very distant past. Maybe 50, 60, 70 years ago. That people had up to even maybe more recent than that too. That this was a common thing that people would make zikr and under the guidance of their mashayikh, not on their own, under the guidance of their mashayikh, they would then progress in it. And as the sheikh saw that the person's capacity had grown and he was capable of more, then he gave him more and then he gave him more. So only strictly under the instruction and the guidance of the sheikh, this was a very common thing that somebody would be making 60,000 tasbih or 60,000 zikr of Allah a day or 60,000 zikr of 
La ilaha illallah, and somebody, some more, and this sawa lakh dhikr, sawa lakh 125,000 times, 125,000 times daily. Now under the, the supervision and under the instruction of their sheikh, people would progress to this point, that they would be making this much of dhikr daily, and they would be still engaging in other amal as well, and doing other tasks of day-to-day life. Not that they were totally retired people. So, what is the effect of the zikr? The effect of the zikr is because of the power in it. Provided it is done correctly, it is done properly, it is done regularly and daily. It is like something that can just, like an like an atom bomb or something, or a dynamite. It just blows away a whole mountain. So all the evil qualities, etc., this dynamite of zikr can blow away those evil qualities and before a person realize what happened, Allah Ta'ala has opened so many locks of his heart. The zikr, Allah maftah aqfala qulubina bizikrik. Ya Allah, open the locks of our heart with your zikr. So the locks of the heart, there are locks sometimes that come onto the heart in terms of so many good things. A person can't uh, take himself towards ibadat. Now there's a lock on the heart of ibadat. A person cannot adopt the right akhlaq. There's a lock on the heart of akhlaq because of the wrong association, because of the wrong company, because of reading wrong literature, because of wrong kind of uh, ideologies creeping in from wrong friends. So now the wrong akhlaq, that is what has settled in and there's a lock on the heart in the terms of the good akhlaq. There's a lock on the heart in terms of the, of the sifat and the qualities of iman. Now this person just cannot be compassionate, cannot be forgiving, cannot be overlooking, cannot be uh, generous. This person cannot be uh, somebody who is well-wishing for others. Now all these things become locks on the heart. Likewise, in so many other aspects. So, the zikr of Allah Ta'ala starts opening out all these locks. When it's done correctly, it's done regularly, it's done with that istihzar, that presence of mind. And we feel that zikr permeating the heart. Now, in time, this has the power to start opening out all those locks. So many times the mashayish used to just start the person off very diligently on the zikr. And now the zikr used to build that capacity. The energy would flow in. Now with that energy he's told, okay, now you do this as well. You do this as well. And in a short time he's well on the way. So this is the first part of this ayat. Fazkuruni azkurkum. You remember me, I will remember you. And Allah Ta'ala will remember us with his favors. Allah Ta'ala will remember us with His bounties by showering down His bounties upon us. And the greater bounties are the bounties of deen. We make dua to Allah Ta'ala for the bounties of dunya as well. That Allah Ta'ala give us afiyat in dunya, fulfill all our needs of dunya. But the main thing is the bounties of deen and those things that take us closer to Allah Ta'ala in terms of the sifat and the qualities of the heart. Those things which Allah Ta'ala loves in a person. So, to the extent that we will develop these things, to that extent we will get closer to Allah Ta'ala. 
And that is what we have to now strive for. That is what we have come to Madrasa for. To get closer to Allah Ta'ala, to learn to recognize Him, and to obey Him. And the, the greatest of all the things that take us closest to Allah Ta'ala, among amal, is the aspect of salah. So we need to give complete importance to the salah, and in that way we will find that salah itself then becomes the key to many, many, many things. That salah comes in order, then many other things come in order. So the zikr becomes the key to that salah, and the salah becomes the key to so many things. So these are the things that we need to focus on, and we need to make an effort on. Allah Ta'ala give me also the tawfiq, give all of us a tawfiq. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم ألف بين قلوبنا وأصلح ذات بيننا واهدنا سبل السلام ونجنا من الظلمات إلى النور وجنبنا الفواحش ما ظهر منها وما بطن وبارك لنا في أسماعنا وأبصارنا وقلوبنا وأزواجنا وذرياتنا وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وجعلنا شاكرين لنعمتك مثنين بها قابليها وأتمها علينا اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب